0: This is Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. This is the episode for Sunday, October twenty second, 2023. It's entitled, Hope for Hard Times, Episode 16, The Joy of Christian Suffering. Now that sounds like a very odd title, doesn't it? Well, you know, we live in a spiritual universe with a physical interface, and Christians can suffer as people commonly suffer with disease and failed relationships and difficulties at work and that type of thing, and suffering in those ways can also come at us from the enemy, and suffering can be from persecution against Christians because they are Christians. I wanna talk with you a little bit today about suffering and persecution. First, let's look at suffering. This is a story from Johnny Erickson Tata, who you may know has been confined to a wheelchair since a diving accident at a pool when she was a teenager. So this is what Johnny said. File this, Francie, and make copies of this letter, would you? I said to my secretary without looking up from my desk. And, I sighed, would you please pull out the sofa bed one more time? Are you serious again? Again, I said. For the fourth time that day, I needed to be lifted out of my wheelchair and laid down. Then I had to undress to readjust my corset. Shallow breathing, sweating, and a skyrocketing blood pressure signaled that something was pinching or bruising my paralyzed body. As my secretary tissued away my tears and unfolded my office sofa bed, I stared vacantly at the ceiling. I want to quit this, I mumbled. Francie shook her head and grinned. As she gathered the pile of letters off my desk and got ready to leave, she paused and leaned against the door. I bet you can't wait for heaven. You know, like Paul said, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. And Johnny said about her situation, suffering, helps me see heaven. It helps us long for heaven a lot more, doesn't it? Singer-songwriter Carly Simon said this, a really strong woman accepts the war she went through and is ennobled by her scars. That's a pretty good attitude about going through it, isn't it? Then, Jimmy Stewart. Yep, that Jimmy Stewart, the movie star and. Bomber pilot in World War II said this, flew 25 missions, by the way. The true Christian reaction to suffering and sorrow is not the attitude of self-pity, fatalism, or resentment. It is the spirit which takes life's difficulties as a God-given opportunity and regards its troubles as a sacred trust and wears the thorns as a crown. That's what Jimmy Stewart said. But let's talk about persecution. People can suffer, and yet it might not be related to persecution. Now, what do I mean by persecution? Well, I'm talking today about because of your relationship to Jesus Christ, because you love the Lord, because you live by his word, because you share the good news of Jesus, because there's things that you won't do because they would grieve the Lord, and there's things you must do because you want to be in the will of the Lord. All of those things. Sometimes, because of any of that and all of that, Christians can suffer persecution. But I wanna talk with you today in a little more detail about what happens when a culture turns from a Western civilization culture, which we've had in the West, that was rooted in Christianity. And what happens when a great change comes and there begins to be suffering because of persecution against those who know the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, if you look back in history, you can kind of get three things uh, will stand out to you. Let's put it that way, and I'll tell you what they are. Suffering because of persecution often starts on a personal level, and then it becomes on a cultural level, that it it may be aimed at an individual at first, but then it's aimed at everybody who's like that individual. It often starts as merely verbal with uh, name-calling and putting people down because of their faith in Christ, but it quickly can move from verbal to physical, that is, beatings, for example, and a Another very common pattern that we see in history is it can start as incarceration, Uh, for example, in communist countries where the Lord Jesus Christ is not welcomed by the communist governments. Uh, Let me think of like communist China, Red China, uh, North Korea, these kind of governments don't want Jesus anywhere near their government, and they don't want anyone who loves the Lord Jesus Christ in their country. So they persecute Christians, but it can start with incarceration, that is being imprisoned but it can end up with executions. And listen to me, that's always the pattern. That's what has happened historically in history to those who love the Lord Jesus Christ when it begins to be a big issue in the country or culture in which they live. Now, this is what Richard Vormbrand who wrote Tortured for Christ, he was a pastor. I believe it was in Romania before the fall of the Iron Curtain. This is what he said. This is a great quote. Listen, it was strictly forbidden to preach to other prisoners. It was understood that whoever was caught doing this received a severe beating. A number of us decided to pay the price for the privilege of preaching. So we accepted their terms. It was a deal. We preached and they beat us. (laughs) We were happy preaching. They were happy beating us. So everyone was happy. What a great attitude. And he literally, physically suffered for the cause of Christ. His entire body was, <laughs> in, a, in a negative way, was transformed and changed by the beatings and the torture he received. Leonard Ravenhill, a great bold preacher for the Lord a few years ago, said, if a Christian is not having tribulation in the world, there's something wrong. And man, he could could bring it hot from the kitchen, a very blunt and direct preacher of the Word of God. John Bunyan, do you know that name? Have you ever heard of the book Pilgrim's Progress? It's an allegory, I think that's the correct word, an allegory of the Christian life, but it's put into a story form, and if you've never read it, you need to read it. John Bunya was imprisoned because of proclaiming Christ, and that's where the, he wrote uh, Pilgrim's Progress, by the way. Hey, be careful who you put in prison, or you may get Pilgrim's Progress or the Gulag Archipelago by Alexander Solzhenitsyn and the Soviet Siberian prison system, and many other books have been written by someone who is in prison. This is what John Bunyan, author of Pilgrim's Progress, said. Therefore, I bind these lies and slanderous accusations to my person as an ornament. It belongs to my Christian profession to be vilified, slandered, reproached, and reviled. And since all this is nothing but that, as God and my conscience testify, I rejoice in being reproached for Christ's sake. A.W. Tozer, a preacher and writer many years ago, said, If we can trust Christ's suffering on our behalf, then we can trust Christ when suffering on his behalf. Oswald Chambers wrote, No healthy Christian ever chooses suffering. He chooses God's will, as Jesus did, whether it means suffering or not. Billy Graham, the great evangelist, said, the will of God will never take us where the grace of God cannot sustain us. So let me put it in down-home terms. If you're a Christian today in the West, or maybe you live in the Middle East, or in Europe, or in Asia, in India, if you are suffering for the name of and the cause of Jesus Christ, wear that as a badge of honor to be allowed to suffer for his name. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 19. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. So he calls them, beloved, a very wonderful term that Christians can refer to one another as because we love the Lord Jesus Christ, he loves us, and we are to love one another, right? But we are beloved of the Father, beloved. Beloved. Think it not strange, that is, stop being constantly astonished or amazed. At what? Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. That is, the people that he wrote to were currently in that kind of suffering. The trial you are in now is what that means and the testing would purify and refine them. Paige Patterson said this, the Christian by virtue of his profession is on a collision course with suffering. So listen, if you're thinking of possible future suffering because you're a Christian, if that happens to you or when it happens to you, Do not regard it as some bizarre, unexpected thing. It's to be very expected, especially the more open you are with the gospel of Christ and your love for Christ and his love for lost people. You are going to run into pushback, into opposition because of that. So he says, Stop being astonished. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. So we need to realize that actually the more and more, or let me put it this way, the closer and closer we are to the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ in, in walking with him, serving him, and sharing the good news of Jesus, the more we will run into these fiery trials. So go ahead and settle that in your heart and mind as he told these early Christians to do, and they were already going through it. So let me read 12, and let me go then to 13. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy." So they are to be continuously rejoicing in both attitude and action because of being allowed to be in the fellowship of suffering with Christ. You know, you never suffer just for Christ. I mean, you may be suffering for Christ, yes, but you're not alone. You're actually suffering with Christ. He's there with you, And with me, when and if we go through that kind of suffering. So it says again, but rejoice in as much as ye are partakers. That word you could think of as meaning partners. We have a fellowship of Christ's sufferings. Now, even though we're, we're rejoicing even in that, and it doesn't mean that you're like if you're beaten for the cause of Christ, that you're happy that your nose is broken or your legs are broken. I mean, let's be honest. No one is going to be happy about that pain. But it's, but it's what it signifies. And it reminds you that, let me put it this way. You must be doing something right in the cause of Christ if the world and Satan have to attack you to try to shut you up. Does that make more sense? But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, that's think of that as when he returns, either for those Christians who are alive on the earth at the time of the rapture of the church, or... Let's say someone became a Christian during the tribulation and they, they somehow are still alive at the end of the tribulation, at the return of Christ and what we call the second coming. It says here that, uh, let me read it all, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. And this idea of, of be glad also with exceeding joy just means, I'll just use the word, and it's not the word used here, but you'll get what I'm saying. You just go berserk with joy. It's like you are beside yourself with joy. Wow. You know what? If I got to suffer, that's the way I want to be, going through it and knowing of what it's going to be like to see the one who suffered for me. Amen? Verse 14. Now, it's very easy when we get ourselves into a jam and we did it and we're going through it and we're feeling terrible and things aren't going well to think, well, I'm just suffering for the Lord. No, you're actually suffering because you robbed that bank. Hello? Hello? You're actually suffering because you couldn't keep your mouth shut. And uh, I think I like those police videos where people start shooting their mouth off at police officers. I mean, can you not predict that it's going to get worse from that point? And you deserve what you get, right? So we're not talking about that. And I mentioned a week or two ago that uh, often, I don't know why this is done, but often, uh, for example, it says in Hebrews uh, to remember those who are in prison, like pray for them, try to meet their needs, you know, that kind of thing. Well, that's not all prisoners who are in prison, although it's often morphed into that. It's talking about Christians who are in prison for their faith. Not because somebody got picked up on uh, charges of selling drugs all over the community, right? Or killing someone, for example. And yet often we're told, well, we've got to remember the prisoners, you know, all of them. It's not wrong to pray for people in prison. The point I'm making is that's directly talking about Christians who are in prison for their faith in Jesus Christ well, how do you know that? Because verse 14 is in the Bible. So we're going to read it. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. So when you're going through it for Christ and your faithfulness to him and his word and That Maybe you're even being beaten or financially attacked or whatever it may be, slandered. That's happening because the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. That is, the very presence of God is in your life and that's why you're being attacked. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. So you're actually bringing glory to the Lord. When you're you're belittled and upbraided and you suffer verbal abuse and slander and defamation of character continually because you are a real Christian, that's when you should start getting happy because you going through that with Jesus are bringing great glory to him. Amen. But I said uh, I said I could say that about uh, just general prisoners because of 14. I should have said 15. All right, so let's read verse 15. But now that little word there, but, but means something. Something's about to change, like the subject is changing. So in verse 14 is talking about people who are suffering because they are Christians, because they love the Lord, because they live by the word, because they share the gospel of Christ, because there's some things they just won't do, and there's some things that are right that they must do. You, You know what I mean, that they're suffering for it. That's a good thing. Amen? But verse 15 says, now here's when it's not good but let none of you suffer as a murderer. This may actually refer to the very common practice in the ancient world, and it still goes on today, of abandoning babies because you don't want them. Today, we call it abortion. And back then, they would just leave a baby out in the elements to die a horrible death by the elements or uh, by wild beasts, this is awful to think about. And Christians, by the way, began to rescue these poor babies and raise them. Did you know that? That's still done in many parts of the world. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief. That is, you you're stealing things that are not yours. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief. Or as an evil doer, that is, you're just all about practicing evil. You're always thinking about it. You're making plans to do it. You're always doing something like that. It nauseates me when I hear people that I, I can see in their life that they are doing. Um, you know, they're actually taking actions in daily life that are clearly criminal and evil and wrong, and yet they will try to talk about the Lord and all of that. That's that's just that's a joke. Alright? But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. If you become what we sometimes we call a butt insky that is you're always butting in to other people's business Don't be surprised if you get persecution and suffering back. I mean, unless you're supposed to do that, that you're responsible for someone, you know, unless that's the case, then, you know, stay out of other people's business because that's gonna guarantee bring you some suffering. So that's how we're not to suffer. That should never characterize us as Christians. And then he goes back to how we should suffer correctly. Verse 16, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first began at us, and what this means in Greek is, is since it's, our, you know, begun with us. And if it first began at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? So there's judgment all around. Everybody is, is going to have to give an account to God. Amen? The difference is the Christian has been born again and forgiven of his sins. He's repented of his sin. And we're going to have our works evaluated and reward of our life on earth and service to the Lord, but that our judgment was taken by the Lord Jesus Christ for our sin, right? But think about the people who they've never been forgiven because they've never repented of their sin. Well, they're going to be judged too. And if they face their judge without Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, it's going to be bad, I mean permanently bad, as bad as it can get, like hell for eternity. That's right, I said it, because it's in the Bible. Jesus warned of it very carefully. So Peter says, verse 18, and if the righteous scarcely be saved, You know, it's it's hard for us to be saved. It took the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Woo! Verse 19, wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. So now we've done it here in 1 Peter chapter 4. We've gotten definitely into the the depths of suffering because we're a Christian. And we've just been told by the apostle Peter under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit how we are to approach that. And Is it easy? No. Am I making this seem light and uh, trite? Absolutely not. Did you know the 20th century, and this is carried right over into the 21st century, that the 20th century and now the 21st century have been the bloodiest centuries in the history of the world of those who suffer for the cause of Christ. Did you know that? So, well, I thought, you know, the Colosseum and the Romans and third Christians, the lions and all of that was just, well, that was done, of course. But now it's being done on a scale and at large around the world in ways that, that are almost not comprehensible because people are Christians. Listen, if you end up in that, and it's the leadership of God in your life for his purpose, or or that, that happens with me, we are to be and do what this said here. Is it easy? Absolutely not. Is he with us? Absolutely. Will he help us? Absolutely. He even said, he promised, that we don't have to think up what we'll say, that in that moment, the Holy Spirit will give us the words. He will speak through us. That's how with us he is during that. All right, we've got to stop right here. I hope you will think and pray much about what we've talked about today. Some of you are not Christians yet, but you need to be before it's too late. Here's a phone number I want you to write down, and I want you to call and speak with someone about how to become a Christian. Here it is. I'm going to say it twice. 888-388-2683. 888-388-2683. Call that number and someone will speak with you. And if you even need help in your Christian life and you're Uh, growing in your relationship with the Lord. You can get that help as well by calling that number. All right, so here's the deal. If I'm still alive and on planet Earth next week, then I plan to be back with episode 17 of Hope for Hard Times. Now, if you're a first-time listener, I invite you to like this episode and to follow the podcast. You only need to follow the podcast just one time. But like this episode, follow the podcast and even share this podcast you just heard with someone who needs to hear it. Thanks for listening. And if I'm still here, I'll be back. See you then. Bye-bye.